Plum Creek Church, and we are a place where you matter. Our mission here is centered around change lives, changing lives. We believe this happens through three important relationships, intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. God has something he wants to say specifically to you wherever you are. Our hope is that you leave encouraged and closer to him than ever before. We'd love to connect with you online at plumcreek.church or on social media to see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we have for you and your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, two easiest ways are through the Give tab on our website or via your mobile device by texting any dollar amount to 720-606-5563. It's a secure connection with simple instructions to get set up. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you'll enjoy this message. Everybody doing good? We're alive. Alive? Okay, that is good. That's good. Uh, Thank you for being here. A couple of quick announcements. First of all, you'll see on the chairs uh, scattered throughout the auditorium these cards, and I need to remind you that we're preparing to change our service times at Plum Creek to create some more space on Sundays, and so need your help with this. Uh, We will still be having four services. They're all going to be identical, uh, but we're only going to have one on Saturday at 4.30, and then we're going to have three on Sunday, one at 8.30, one at 10, and one at 11.30, and this is going to start the weekend of October 13th and 14th, and we need some help And I need some of you, I know there are many that are here that get it, you understand that we're on mission together, and you understand when we ask for certain things, there's purpose behind it, because we're trying to create space. We know the 1130 service is likely to be the one that uh, has the most room, so if I can, I need 300 families to say that we're going to go to the 1130 service. So if you would uh, prayerfully consider doing that, listen, we need your help. So if you could fill this out and help us uh, to know that we've got your support and your help creating some space for some others, that would be awesome. So thank you for doing that. Um, Also, just wanted to kind of kick this off by asking this question. Do any of you ever wear one of those WWJD bracelets? Anybody remember that? Remember what that stood for? What a really great reminder, isn't it, that when we're walking through the challenges, the ups and downs, the twists and turns of life, when we... Uh, feel like we need to make some decisions quickly on how we would respond or do something that we would ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? That's, that's a really good idea. This series is the other side of the coin. This series we started last week is what would Jesus undo? What would he want to undo? What would he say to his kids? What would he say to his family? Like, listen, here are some things that I care about. Here's some things that I see in your lives that I would want to see undone in your life so that you could be experiencing the life that, I, um, that I've uh, Come to die that you would have. And so what does that look like? Last week we talked about the importance of uh, putting, making sure that Jesus is on the throne of our lives. And hopefully you spent some time, I've gotten some, some response from folks that made sure they read Romans chapter 8, remember that? And folks that uh, set an alarm on their phone during the week to be reminded and to, uh, to check in with the thought of, is Jesus still on the throne of my life? So we uh, undid unrealized freedom because we know that that's what happens when he's on the throne. This week's topic is a tough one. At the same time, it's a very important one. The reason that it's tough is because it's part of every single one of our lives, mine too. And when you stand up here to talk about these things, man, there's there's times where, and I've shared this with you before, many weeks where I'm like processing all of this, trying to figure out some of the things that this is challenging me in my life in regards to, and I know that this week will be the same for you, and I'm confident, I'm confident in that. Here's what Jesus would undo, ready? 
hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. That's hard because there's a margin of hypocrisy in every single one of us. Let me tell you a quick story. Rewind a few years when I was a lot younger and was doing student ministry. And I went to one of my kids' soccer games. And uh, you that know me well know that I'm a very passionate person. And with that passion comes the propensity to talk a lot. And sometimes I talk loud. And so as the game ensued, my, one of my kids was running down the field. And there was this awkward moment where this other player kind of like ran. And I don't know soccer rules really well, uh, but I sure spoke as though I did. And one of my other things that uh, I've developed over the years, and Beth always calls me on, is that I have really learned how to project my voice well. And so I made a comment towards the referee, and it was nothing ungodly, but it was very pointed and firm that there should have been some kind of call made there. And the referee blew the whistle and stopped the game. Turned around, looked right at me, and started running towards me. And I was like, oh, this is not going to end well, right? And he ran right over to me. And while he was running, he was reaching into his pocket. And he pulled out a yellow card and held it in front of my face, just like that. And right as he got close to me and held the card in front of my face, the kid that I was there to support yelled from the field, that's my youth pastor, like that, right? <laughs> awesome, right? Accountability all of a sudden, right? So not so happy about the way that one all went down for sure. We know that there are things in our lives that, where we claim one thing but sometimes can lead another. And we know as well that this is really easy, hypocrisy, to see in other people's lives and kind of hard to see in our own because we've learned to kind of live with this way of doing life. How many of you would say that you know a hypocrite? Just raise your hand. How many of you would say you know a hypocrite? Yeah. Okay, how many of you would say, I'm a hypocrite? Raise your hand. Okay, a few more, not everybody. So maybe this would be better. Raise your hand if you're sitting next to a hypocrite. Raise your hand right now. Well, yeah, I was a little less likely to go on that one. In our, one of our services on Saturday, uh, a Plum Creeker reached over when I asked that question, grabbed his wife's hand, and had her raise her hand. Like I was like, dude, that's straight up legit right there. That's awesome. We all need to land in this place where, where we know it. Um, to tell the truth about this is even more important. And yet, at the same time, don't you know that this is one of the single greatest complaints that is strategically focused on the church? Have you heard this before? To Christ followers... That one of the reasons why we've heard people say, I want nothing to do with this, I want nothing to do with your God, I don't want anything to do with church, is because the church is just full of a whole bunch of hypocrites. We've heard that before, which you, you really want to respond by saying, I know, you'll fit in perfect, right? Would that be great? That's not a very good strategy for evangelism, though. Not a very good strategy. Um, really, what we should say is, I know, and I'm sorry. Because it's likely that that's hurt. It's very possible that someone calling themselves a Christ follower has said or done something and you expected them to behave differently. And that hurt. And you know, I'm on a journey myself and I wish I could say I've got this thing perfect every time, but I don't. I don't. 
We need to be careful not to dismiss this accusation too quickly because there's truth behind it. If we, if we write this off, um, then we're not acknowledging the fact that there's truth in the complaint and that if we're honest, there is some reflection of this hypocrisy in each and every one of our lives. And that it's likely that that also has caused some very real pain. And that's why we need to talk about this today. How does it happen? You know, I wonder if we would have sent our video crew with you all week long on hypocrisy alert. And so they were with you in your home, recording the way that you talk to each other, talk to your spouse, talk to your kids, talk to your roommate, talk to your neighbors, follow you to the grocery store, be in the car, watching how well you've developed the gift of patience, right? Or maybe if they follow you to work, and just to be careful to watch how you're talking to your coworkers, the jokes you tell, the things you laugh at, the way you treat people, or on the sidelines of a youth athletic event, which brings out the best in all of us, right? <clears throat> and then what if we just replayed that, and every time there was any kind of hypocrisy in anything that you did this week, there was just like this, Argh! and that was the way we checked in. Do you think it'd be a hard video to watch? I'm pretty sure it would be for all of us. And it's likely, too, that the way that we've uh, kind of learned to deal with and even kind of pass judgment on others without looking carefully at our own lives is part of what's causing this to happen. We are to blame. Developing a self-righteous perspective, making excuses, justifying and explaining away things in our lives that we know should not be part of our lives. Living inconsistent, inauthentic, uh, maintaining a false pretense and pretending to be one thing and yet living another way. And I just want to say something, too, to uh, those that might be here today that haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, and this might be one of the things that's holding you back. I get it. I understand why this could be one of those things that would cause you to be hesitant to, because um, you're, you're looking at those that say that they are Christ followers and yet you don't see some of the changes that you think that you would see. You don't see a different behaviors than you thought you should see. I just want you to, to remember, um, I jokingly said something earlier, but if you really were honest with yourself, you know that you also struggle to meet up to your own expectations that you have for yourself sometimes. This is not a problem of Christians. This is a problem of humanity. Like we say, I'm gonna do this, and yet we continue to fall short of what we're striving to be able to do. We're in this thing together. And you understand that if you're honest with yourself. But there have been a lot of people that have walked away from church devastated by a double standard because hypocrisy always leaves a trail of devastation. It always does. When we expect that something would be different. I like what the author and theologian Brennan Manning said about hypocrisy. He said this, The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. This is what the unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. So what would Jesus do? What would Jesus undo? Hypocrisy. He would talk to us about this because it is also something that he addressed with a passion 2,000 years ago when he was walking the earth. As a matter of fact, some of the most pointed, hard-hitting things that Jesus said were addressed towards those that were living a very hypocritical life. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about what hypocrisy is and what hypocrisy isn't. First of all, let me share with you what it, what it is not. 
Hypocrisy is not the disparity between what we do and what we wish we did. That's not it. It's, the, it's, it's not the difference between how we behave and how we wish we would behave. That's not it. Like, I wish I would do something, but I didn't. I wish that I would, didn't think that way, but I do. I wish that my motives were right, but they weren't. That's not it. There's a difference between, uh, um, there's a difference between sinning and being hypocritical. So let me talk to you about what hypocrisy is. If you're taking notes, it's the gap between what we show and who we really are. It's the difference between what we show and who we really are. The difference between what we say and how we live. The difference between our public persona and our, pu- our private character. So what would, what would Jesus do? He would say this to us today at Plum Creek. He would say, let's undo the show. Let's stop pretending. Let's keep it real. Because when our real lives aren't consistent with the show that we're putting on the outside, and we all do this, then that's what God's saying that he doesn't want to see in his children In fact, whenever Jesus confronted hypocrisy all those years ago, he used this very interesting term. And if you study the etymology, his word use, he's describing um, an actor in a play. And that's the word, the literal word that he's using when he describes hypocrisy. And you might remember from a school days in past or a history lesson where, where um, the actors in, a, in plays in the olden days, instead of having a full outfit, would just hold a mask up and portray that particular character while they had this mask up. And what Jesus is saying is, look, you don't want to follow me like that. Don't follow me like it's a game, like you're an actor in a play. Don't put a mask up and pretend to be something that you're not. Let's just keep it real. Let's keep it real. And here's the bottom line truth that we need to land on today, that we need to be able to communicate, that we need to be able to share with others, and that's this. Listen, I know that it's very possible that those that have called themselves Christ followers have not lived a consistent life, and, and because of that, that's been hurtful to you because you expected it would be different. But what I need you to hear me say is this. I am an imperfect person, but I am in pursuit of a relationship with a perfect God. I'm going to blow it, and I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm going to do things that I wish I hadn't, and it bothers me, but I want you to know I'm in pursuit of a relationship with a perfect God. Now, you see, I think that's a whole lot more attractive than trying to pretend to be something that you're not, because false pretense doesn't seem like something that would encourage me to want to join the crew, but an authentic heart with a perspective that says, look, man, I know that I'm imperfect, but I, I, I would invite you to join me in pursuit of a perfect God because that's the only place we'll find it. But that seems a whole lot more attractive to me than a bunch of people just pretending. Imperfect people in pursuit of a relationship with a perfect God. Don't play the legalistic, self-righteous game. Paul said it this way when he was writing to Titus in Titus 1.16, describing this whole idea of hypocrisy. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. And when you read the Gospels detailing Jesus' life, this mask wearing is what really fired him up. Because there was this group of people, if you could imagine, they gave because they wanted people to know that they were givers. They prayed in public out loud because they wanted people to see that they were spiritual and had the capacity to pray. And when they fasted, they wanted to make sure everybody knew that they were on on their fast because that would make them feel better about themselves. And they were very quick to condemn and to point fingers at those that weren't following the rules, sometimes the very rules that they were breaking themselves. And that hypocrisy is what Jesus hated, and he spoke harshly to them. 
So if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Matthew chapter 23, very quickly, we're going to read what Jesus says to them. This whole chapter is full of very strong challenge to these uh, teachers of the religious law and to uh, the Pharisees. And you've heard about those guys before. They, they were all about false pretense. They were about looking right on the outside. And when Jesus talked to them, he told them that this lifestyle that they were living was unacceptable. And the challenge is for you and I today, too. In Matthew 23, look at verse 27. Jesus said this, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, that's that mask word. For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like religious people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. If you jump down just a couple of verses to verse 33 in the same chapter, listen to what's said there. Jesus calls them snakes, sons of vipers. How will you escape the judgment of hell? So who is the hypocrite? Who is the one that's wearing this mask? It's the one who wants to look good on the outside, but on the inside is very far from the Lord. They want an illusion of public virtue, but inwardly full of private lies. What's interesting to me is that Jesus' strongest confrontation was towards those that were living this way, not those that were just falling short, that were sinning. He was, he was more comforting to those that knew that they were blow, blowing it than those that were pretending that they didn't. Isn't that interesting? It was more about this lifestyle of trying to, um, to show that you're perfect. So he wasn't frustrated with those that were imperfect, but he was frustrated with those that were trying to act like they were perfect. And you know, I think we live in this day and age in our culture where this is more at an epidemic than ever before because of one thing, and I know you're gonna agree with me, social media, right? Like it's like we're, we snap a quick picture and we put it up there presenting like everything is all great. Look, I'm in the car and my kids are all behaved. You're like, yeah, for like one second, right? Or take a picture and post it. There's my Bible open with a cup of coffee just Spending time with the Lord this morning, right? He's at the, or we take a picture of our, of our spouse and us on our anniversary day. And, oh, just say whatever you're going to say. And yet, at the same time, you know, man, there's some work that needs to be done on that marriage. You see, we always put up this false picture in many ways. And it's even gotten to the point now where we're just used to it, right? Like you see whatever, whoever posts, and you're like, right. Perfect world you live in, Right? And yet at the same time, we'll snap the picture and post the same thing on your social media stuff. Easy to see in someone else, harder to see in yourself. It's become an epidemic, and Jesus has no tolerance for hypocrisy, but he has unlimited grace for a sinner in need of forgiveness. So my main thought for this weekend is this, is that we need to drop the mask and be real. We need to drop the mask and be real. You see... The real reason that we behave that way is that our focus is in the wrong spot. Our focus is in the wrong spot. And what I also know is true, because it's been true in my life, is that the reason that it's easier for me to spot it in you than it is in me is because it's hard work when I see it in me. I can just point my finger and be frustrated with the way you live your life. Instead of allowing the Lord to speak to me and deal with what's going on inside of me and doing the hard work to get better to do life different. 
So there is hope for the hypocrite, for those that wear masks, which is all of us. Jump back up to Matthew chapter 23, verse 25. Hypocrites, for you are so careful. Look at this. This is the focus in the wrong place. You are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. You see, this is what happens when we make the decision that we are going to focus more on being right than looking right. This is what happens when our top priority is caring for what's on the inside first, an inner focus before an outer focus. Remembering the whole way that we are imperfect people pursuing a relationship with a perfect God. We just need to drop the mask and learn to be real. You know what I think the Lord would say to us today? It's better to be an honest sinner than a lying hypocrite. It's better for you and I to be honest sinners than a lying hypocrite's. The proverb writer said it this way, Proverbs 28, 13, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. We need to be real. And here's what I hope you'll understand, that for some of us today, we just need to understand that we've been wearing a mask. I'm playing a game, like an actor in a play. It looks one way when you're here or in your small group or hanging out with your friends from church in an entirely different way when you go to work or you go to school. Students, listen to me. Your life shouldn't look different at youth group than it does when you're at school. It shouldn't. And the same is true for all of us. Drop the mask, and when we become honest, there's power in that honesty. We're not perfect people we got to know that. There's no way you're going to live a perfect life, but we are in pursuit of a perfect God. You might want to write this down, this same chapter, Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. Go back and read what Jesus says to those Pharisees and teachers of the law there. And he uses these kinds of words where he says something to the tune of this. Because of the way you're living your life, you're slamming the door in the face of those around you to the kingdom of heaven which sounds a whole lot like what people say in their commentary towards the church that we just talked about a few minutes ago, right? Like, I don't want to be like that. I expect that your life would look different. You say you love Jesus. The church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites. And Jesus is saying, because we are not living authentic, we're pretending to be something that we're not. We're slamming the door on the kingdom of heaven to people. Again, you see, I think the invitation is so much greater when we're honest and people just understand, man, I'm, I've fallen short. I am imperfect. I'm trying. I'm doing the best that I can to stay close to my perfect God who's going to give me the strength. That goes back to what we talked about last week, making sure that he's on the throne of our lives. So how are we going to fix this epidemic problem? How are we going to confront it in our own lives? I think... We need to be real. We're sinners and we have struggles and we've messed up and we fall short and we have battles. How many of you ever had a struggle in your life? Just raise your hand. It's gonna feel good to raise your hand and say, listen, we're all in this thing together. It's what we face, it's what we do. It's like what Paul said that I talked about last week. I wanna do this thing, but I do the exact opposite. What is this battle that rages? We don't want to have those thoughts, but then we do. I don't want to go back to my old life, but we do. 
And you see, I think an inauthentic display of religiosity isn't going to be what brings people to the throne of grace. But honesty, sharing your story and helping people understand the process, the journey that you're on towards a perfect God, guys, listen, that is inviting. We need to do this differently. The moment of truth that, uh, the moment that truth enters the way that you see yourself and the way that you communicate to others, that truth will set you free. The longer we hide, we're in bondage. Imperfect people pursuing a relationship with a perfect God. We find mercy in the presence of God because he has zero tolerance for hypocrisy but unlimited grace for those that are in need of his forgiveness. So how are we gonna do it? I want you to write this verse down. What are we gonna do this week? How can we, how can we move forward and lean into taking care of this thing that I know the Lord would want to undo in our lives. The first thing that we're gonna do is keep asking the question that you started asking yourself last week. Is he on the throne? Do I have him in the right place? Because remember, we keep crawling back up on that throne and pushing him off. So we need to develop that relationship with him where we're hearing his voice and he's the power behind what our lives are doing. And then this week, you're gonna keep doing that, and this week as well, what I want you to do is I want you to pray this passage, Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Let me read it to you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You see, he has unlimited grace for each and every one of us. Sinners in need of forgiveness and there's a gap, oftentimes, between what we show and who we really are. That gap is what the Lord would want to talk to us about today. Because hypocrisy will always leave a trail of destruction behind it. And many of you have experienced that. Many of you have felt that. And if we're honest, we've been part of that in other people's lives too. What I want to remind you today is that we're not going to ever close that gap and fix this problem with a pursuit of perfection. That won't work. As a matter of fact, if you start in Genesis and work your way all the way through the Bible, you'll see that when people try and do that, that's when we really screw it up. It's not about a pursuit of perfection, guys. That's not what it is. It's about the pursuit of a perfect God. And that's where real change begins to happen. We close the gap with Christ. It's not gonna be about your outward behavior. It's gonna be about your relationship with a perfect God. He becomes our righteousness. He becomes your source. He becomes your healing. He becomes your redemption. He becomes your forgiveness. When we let Jesus do an inward work, see, that's when real change starts to happen because that's how we stop being a hypocrite when the heart work starts getting done. Isn't that what he's been challenging these guys with and us anyway? Don't, don't worry about the outside of the cup. Deal with the inside. Guys, look, the focus can't be on what's on the outside and what we're projecting and completely neglecting what's going on in our heart. It can't be that way. And we get so caught up in trying to maintain some image without being um, right in our hearts. So stop trying to be a good Christian. Look at me. You're not good. You're not, I am not either. Instead, spend time with the one who is good and that goes again back to what we talked about last week. That's how we keep him on the throne. This is not about being good. This is about our good God. So drop the mask and be real. 
So this week, will you do that? Will you continue to set your alarm and ask yourself maybe three times throughout the course of each day, is he still on the throne? Or have I displaced him again? And then take some time, pause, take a deep breath. Maybe you've written it somewhere on your phone, put it in a note, and you go back to Psalm chapter 139 and you let the words of this psalm become the words of your prayer. Let me show you how. Bow your heads with me, if you will. I'm gonna pray Psalm 139, 23, and 24 over us as a church today. And this week, you could do the same thing by making these words the words to your prayer. Just like this. Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. Father, point out anything in us that offends you and lead us along the path of everlasting life. Perhaps there's someone that's here today that would say, you know, Doug, I needed to hear this because I've been making some excuses for not accepting Christ as my Savior and this is a big one. And I know that I'm as much of a hypocrite as anybody. I don't even meet up to my own standard, let alone the perfect standard of God. And I realize there's no way that I'll ever be able to do that. And when you talk about imperfect people pursuing a relationship with a perfect God, that's what I want. I want to be part of that. If that's you and you're here today, I just want to invite you to pray with me. Pray this prayer. Just say, Lord, I'm tired of making excuses. I know I don't get this right every time either. And instead of making excuses, looking at other people's lives, I want to deal with what's going on in me. And I know that even though I can't meet up to my own standards, I also know I'm falling short of yours. And I thank you that you came and you died on that cross, that I would be able to have a relationship with you in pursuit of a relationship with a perfect God. You help me to grow in my understanding of that? Will you help me to be able to do what we've just talked about? Ask you to search my heart and point out the things that you will need for me to change. And Father, for, for all the rest of us that are here today that have been in relationship with you for a long time, we have to be honest and say that we've gotten very used to playing a game. And we know that displeases you. We'll never be good Christians because we're just not good enough. We'll never be. And you knew that. That's why you came. That's why you sent your son. And so Father, will you help us to be able to be a church that's known for being authentic and accepting of one another? not dismissing things that aren't right, but understanding that we're in pursuit together of a perfect God. Knowing that when we come with that kind of honesty and we drop the mask and just get real, that that's actually when real life change happens. Help us to experience and find freedom in that and be part of others experiencing that kind of freedom too. 
Search us, God. Speak to us this week. Test our hearts. Point out things in us that offend you. And Lord, with your help, we pray that we will be led in a way that would experience your righteousness and relationship with our incredible God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.